You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, 100 degree heat index time, summer is here time, officially and unofficially, because it's like a million degrees outside time. Tennessee not in the College World Series, that's still going to sting for a bit time. But hey, NBA draft coming up time, usually something big for Tennessee time. And of course, recruiting all the time. Time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it is the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Rush Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a uh, another 95-ish degree afternoon here in God's own Knoxville, Tennessee, just a couple miles at Fort Rucker Studio, of course, a couple miles away from Neyland Stadium and Lindsey Nelson Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena and the University of Tennessee campus. But we will primarily be focused on the young men who Tennessee is trying to get to Neyland Stadium here in this podcast. It's been a while, been a while since since we've had a big discussion, just general on recruiting. Uh, because a lot of times we do that, there, there's the reasons we do that. There's a lot of stuff we keep uh, mostly on the site. Business, business, business. But there are a lot of things we can discuss here on the podcast, and we are going to do that. So you know where we're going. We're going across town to that home daycare center uh, of the one and the only Ryan Callahan. Ryan, my man, what's up? Not much, man. How's it going? It goes. It goes. Uh, it's been a been a nice uh, been a nice uh, hot week. Uh, you know, obviously my dad's out of the hospital, so everything's been. Great there, thankfully, because last week was pretty freaking scary. Uh, but everything's good there. Everything, everything with life, good. Everything, uh, you know, getting the yard in shape despite all the weather. It's uh, it's a good time of year, man. It's a good time of year. It's, it's that time of year where I get to sort of exhale. Uh, you never get to um, because of recruiting. You never sleeps. But this is like it used to be like a couple months where I could kind of sort of take a breath. Now it's like one month tops but there's like a this is like in that four week period where i can kind of take a breath uh which is which is nice for me selfishly not so much for you well well glad glad your dad's doing better first and foremost uh, but and uh and, and hope you enjoyed we, we talked about the other day but but hope you enjoyed your first father's day the first one's a little uh a, a little weird i think it feels like after you after you uh it's all about your dad growing up and then it's suddenly about you and that's yeah, <laughs> it's it, exciting but well, indifferent well it's weird because my dad really stole the thunder because he got sent home from the hospital on father's day after being there yeah. for like a couple of weeks and it was as i said it was really pretty scary there for a while with those those respiratory issues but um that virus not covid but something else and 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 it and it, 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 it was bad you know you had the copd all that other stuff and it was just a bad combo but then he gets sent home the bastard does on father's day so it's like oh well, let's just make this all about you still it's my first father's day but uh you know i did really all i wanted uh, on father's day was for my dad to play with my son that's all i wanted and i got it so uh it honestly was pretty special day so it worked out really really great and i'm happy about it of course you got what seven eight kids now so i'm sure father's day is pretty fun for you 
Yeah, yeah, it's fun. They're they're at that age where they can uh, where they can they can they can do a little more. You know, they're all, all communicating with you now. Well, at this point, so that 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 that's all fun. So all those days are are definitely more uh, more enjoyable now. When when the two year olds are not running around and just destroying everything, including each other. But uh, but no, I was gonna say going into this weekend, you know, you mentioned it's a big time for recruiting. It's we're we're, we're prepping for the big weekend of the month, and that's obviously what we'll discuss here in a minute. But you know, just kind of kind of trying to rest up for now, make sure my typing hands are, are, are well rested for this weekend, icing them down, you know, yeah. Do you, do you, sure do, do you have any of those, uh, those, uh, those gloves that they have for, uh, what is the, the, the carpal tunnel? You got any of those carpal tunnel yeah. gloves? Might, might need one of those. Um, but yeah, that's, <laughs> you gotta, gotta make sure you're limber and ready for the, for the weekend. Cause this is, uh, this is where the rubber hits the road, man. It's, it's June. And, uh, you know, as we say all the time, June is the new January. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And there's plenty to discuss about that. Just a quick note that Tennessee, obviously, uh, this is a, a big day, big week for Kennedy Chandler with the NBA draft started. And, and I think a lot of people now have slotted him toward the back end of the first round, but still in the first round, uh, which for a player his size is still quite the honor. So Tennessee looking to have its fourth first round draft pick in the past four years, which is certainly uh, big, almost I, I would I would I'm pretty sure that's uncharted territory for that program. Grant Ramey would, would be the one to ask about that for sure, but I've been around for a while too. I'm pretty sure that would be unprecedented for Tennessee for four and four years uh, and three in the past two years. So that 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 would be a, a big, big deal for, for Tennessee, and certainly we'll have more on that later. Uh, we'll also hopefully next week uh, kind of finally put a, a bow tie on the Tennessee baseball season. I know that a lot of people uh, thought it would still be going on right now. I am one of them. Um, but it's worth mentioning again that the the number one overall seed has not won the NCAA baseball tournament in like a quarter century, basically. It's just not something that ever happens. And if the number one overall seed never, ever wins your tournament, maybe you can agree it's not the best format to determine the actual national champion because you look at Ole Miss and and that, that team didn't even have a tournament resume, um, had the talent, but but it got into the field, snuck in there with the bid that a lot of people thought it, it didn't deserve, uh, and now it's you know potentially playing for for a national championship. So so you never know. Uh, and Arkansas last year was the number one overall seed and was looked like the best team in the country all year long. Did not win the title. So uh, now Tennessee was obviously the best team in the country this year. Did not win the title. So it's not really about finding the best team. It's about being the best team when it matters the most. But that's also how it is with American sports. You got to win the playoffs, yep. and Tennessee didn't. So we will discuss but, more about. Oh, go ahead, good. I was say that, and the saddest part about this, let's be real, is that you know the way the bracket was set up, Tennessee wouldn't have had to go through many other SEC teams on its side of the bracket. It, would, it was what Texas A and M on that side. Yep. Um, they would they would have had a possible opportunity to play for a national championship against Ole Miss or Arkansas. I mean, how. How fun and oh, shut the front uh, door! Shut the front door if it had been a Tennessee Arkansas championship. I mean the series. the trash My talk goodness. on either side. I mean Ole Miss, of course, got their feathers ruffled by Tennessee too. But Arkansas was the team that talked about Tennessee all year, and they never even played. And for us to be deprived of a best of three series between those two teams, either either matchup, yeah, all, is just unfortunate. All I did the other day was mention that, that Tennessee was six and one against the the last five teams in the College World Series, and that led to like the entire state of Arkansas commenting on it. And and, and it's like, dude, I wasn't even talking about you. Tennessee didn't play Arkansas this year, but but they uh, they they are. 
Tennessee lives rent-free in their heads, which is interesting to me because I would think they have plenty of things to discuss on their own end because they got a chance <laughs> to win a national championship. But um, Well, in a, a, a Tennessee-Arkansas championship series could have been so good, it could have made Tennessee-Arkansas a bigger football rivalry. Like That, that could have had so much carryover. Uh, just the fan bases would have Te- been technically each other's border throats. states. Technically, border states, even though they're yeah. like a billion hours apart uh, from from the two campuses, because uh, Fayetteville's almost over there in Oklahoma, and Tennessee's in the eastern part of Tennessee. So the, there's, but but still, that um, you know, and, hey, if Arkansas wins a, a national title, it will have uh, one in its history, which is more than Tennessee has. So it would back up sort of the the way that 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 fan base carries themselves. So, uh, you know, they, they care about baseball. They got great facilities, obviously. It would be good for them if they get one. And maybe if they get one, they can talk about their, their own team and themselves and not, um, not a team to the east of them that they talk about all the time for reasons that are, are baffling to me, um, I, I guess, because of that one series last year and, and how, much, uh, how much they hated Tony Vitello and all that stuff. So, And he used to be one of them. He coached there for years. So interesting nonetheless uh, we will have more about that hopefully next week we'll we'll put a bow tie on all that stuff although i am looking forward to watching the rest of the college world series it's been a fun one so far lots to discuss about football 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 recruiting 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 on this episode ryan this is as you said uh, the biggest weekend of the month coming up for tennessee and if june and july are kind of the new january um, then the biggest weekend of the biggest month uh, seems to be a hell of a big deal. So uh, what, what if you could sort of encapsulate how big of a weekend this is for Tennessee, maybe not in terms of like immediate commitments, but in terms of some important visits with some important prospects and, and a big camp on Sunday, this is a big weekend, is it not? It, it is. And, and you got some, you know, it's, it's because you've got some highly ranked guys in town that, that you're taking your swing at. It's because you've got some other top targets in town that, while, while not as highly ranked right now, they're, they're big priorities for Tennessee. Uh, you've got a camp Sunday that they're expecting some good players at. We'll, we'll find, out, uh, find out more about that over the next couple of days and have more on, on Go Balls 24-7 about that and, and who might be there. Um, but we you know, mentioned already that uh, a four-star wide receiver uh, out of Arizona, uh, Jacoby Lane, uh, is, uh, is, is going to be at Tennessee for that camp. Good, He's gotten some interest looking, Yeah, good-looking prospect, I think. Six foot five, uh, so good size, and and uh, or at least listed at that, and uh, was was really good apparently at the OT seven event out in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, where Nico Iamaliava and uh, you know a bunch of big time players and their seven on seven teams were out at that event, and he, he kind of shined during that weekend uh, or that event. So so definitely one that Tennessee will be interested in taking a closer look at this weekend, and and, and far from the only one. I think they'll be watching at that camp. That should be a pretty strong showing. Uh, on Sunday, it sounds like late afternoon and into the evening uh, is when that camp will be held. Um, but yeah, the, obviously the, the focus right now will be on the official visitors and, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, Francis Mauingoa, the five-star offensive lineman from IMG Academy down in Florida, will certainly be the uh, the headliner in a lot of people's minds. Uh, you know, that's been I think viewed as as kind of a Tennessee Alabama battle for a lot of the past few weeks, but. Um, USC had him on his last official visit. I think USC made a move there. So I, I would say right and, now, and, they've got, and they, got, be, they got a lot of momentum out there too, right now. A lot. They do. They do. There's a lot of excitement around that program, obviously with the, with that, that new coaching staff and, and what they've done so far to, to upgrade the roster. So, uh, I, and you know, Mauingo and his family being from American Samoa, USC obviously makes a, you know, a little more sense geographically than some of the schools, but I, you know, all of them 
all of them pretty far away in the grand scheme of things. But um, the fact that that USC is maybe a little bit easier to travel to from from American Samoa could make some sense in that regard. So you, you you've got some reasons that that USC is is definitely in it now. So I think it's more of a three team race going into this weekend. Uh, but Tennessee has been set up pretty well there for a while, and is certainly battling really hard. I think they fully intend to to roll out the red carpet for him this weekend uh, with his family uh, being on this visit. You know, he's been to Tennessee before. Uh, came in last month for an unofficial visit with uh, with Nico Iamaliava. There is a good relationship there that, that's helped put Tennessee on on the radar. And now that uh, now that he gets to come back with his family, this is this is the really important visit, obviously. And as his final official visit, he's looking to make a July decision, as a lot of guys are. So so this is a, a hugely important visit, obviously for for Tennessee in that one, as uh, as, as they battle some some heavy hitters for uh, for one of the nation's top offensive linemen. Uh, other other guys, some of the four stars coming in. Well, first of all, Tennessee's five-star commitment, Nico Iamaliava, will be back in town on his official visit this time. Of course he will. Help. Of course he will. He, he, he's already moved in. To, to, help, rec- to help recruit um, Francis Malangoa. So no, not surprising. We knew he planned to be back in town this weekend. Uh, didn't know until, um, until recently that this would be his official visit, but that is his plan. He will be in town on an official visit. Um, at, as, as of this recording, as of the time of this podcast, we are expecting – 13 official visitors uh, at, at Tennessee this weekend, including a couple of Tennessee commitments. Uh, the other one being Ethan Davis, the four-star tight end, top 100 prospect out of the Atlanta area. Um, the other four stars, Hunter Osborne, defensive lineman out of Alabama. You know, that's that's one where Tennessee, again, made a move late last month when, when he was in town for, uh, for that Rocky Tapalooza event. Uh, it was his second time on campus. They made a big move, I think, with that visit. And, you know, at the time, he kind of hinted that they were – one of the teams to beat. And, you know, since then he's been on a few official visits. Clemson is, I think, among Tennessee's main competition for him. So important visit for Tennessee as they look for some defensive line help, but certainly some legitimate competition there that I definitely don't think, I wouldn't say Tennessee leads going into this weekend or anything like that, but they still have a legitimate shot in that one. So that that's an important visit. Um, and then Jeremiah Cobb, another guy they've had on campus multiple times, four-star running back out of Alabama. For a while, people have been thinking Auburn's the team to beat there. Clemson also a contender, but Tennessee is kind of that third one, and he hasn't been back to Tennessee since early March. Important visit as he looks toward a July decision. I, th- I think Tennessee's, again, probably second or third in that one right now. Got to make up some ground on Auburn. And at the end of the day, it still might be tough to land him, but Tennessee taking their swing. They, they've uh, they've gotten one running back, obviously, in Will Stallings uh, that they landed recently, but you've got to – Got to take your swing at some other guys, and Cobb is the one I think they've felt the most uh, traction with at times. So we'll see if they can uh, sort of swing the momentum in their favor this weekend. Uh, Jordan Matthews, a four-star cornerback from Louisiana, visiting for the first time this weekend, but has been pretty high on Tennessee for a while now. I think Texas is probably the team to beat in that one at this point, based on everything I've heard. Alabama's offered not too long ago, though, so his, his stock has continued to rise. He's planning to take official visits to Alabama and Texas this fall. So that one's not going to be over anytime soon, probably. But Tennessee taking their 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 first swing this weekend, and we'll see if they can become more of a factor or at least more of a threat to Texas in that one um, as he gets ready to to take other official visits later this year. Uh, a four star offensive line target that's been you know to Tennessee a couple times already, and that we've talked about quite a bit being one of their better options, Shamarad Umarov uh, out of the Atlanta area. He's at Denmark High School in Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, that one's still shaping up to be a Tennessee-Georgia battle, I think, primarily. And 
I, I think the Vols are are probably in the best shape right now going into that visit uh, this weekend. I, I everything I've heard so far, I think this is shaping up well for Tennessee to have uh, to have a good shot if that visit goes well. So I, I think you know based on everything we've heard, based on the way he's talked about Tennessee both times he's been to Knoxville, uh, I, I think the Vols have a real shot there. And he's another guy looking to make a July decision. Uh, so certainly. Uh, an important visit there. And then one that's gotten a little more interesting this week, um, coming off his visit to Kentucky last weekend, Christian Conyer, big-time cornerback target out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's a Tennessee-Kentucky battle all the way. Has been for a while now. Tennessee, I think, was the leader for a few months. And then his official visit to Kentucky last weekend, I think, really threw a wrench into things. Uh, I think gave him a lot to think about. And he, he came out of that visit. The initial word I was getting was, Kentucky's the team to beat now. And, and I think that's as the week has gone on, as the as the Kentucky visit has gotten a little farther in the rearview mirror, and as Kentucky as Tennessee has kind of had more conversations with them battled back, I think there's at least a a much better chance now that Tennessee can make a real move this weekend. I think that one's more of a toss-up, I would say, going into that official visit to Knoxville this weekend. So a little more optimism. Tennessee can swing it back in their favor. But, but certainly there's been some concern the past few days about Christian Conyer after that visit to Kentucky last weekend. The other official visitors, and these are all important guys at Tennessee. There's a reason well, I, I want to ask you about Conyers real quick because that's been a big, big thing. How big was it yeah. for Tennessee to sort of just – because momentum can swing really quickly, especially if an official visit goes great and some other things like that. We all know how recruiting goes. How big was it for Tennessee just to maybe prevent him from doing something like making a decision around then, just kind of getting some distance between that and and letting that kind of cool off a little bit? Yeah, that that was big. I, I think his plan all along was to wait until July third. You know, that's been kind of his set decision date for a while now. That's his mother's birthday. Uh, even going back to the spring, that's when he's he's wanted to announce. So I, I think that was still going to be his plan no matter what. But I I do think. It, it, it has helped Tennessee uh, to, to sort of get some distance between that visit um, and, and where he is now and, and to have some conversations with him, kind of remind him of some of the things he likes about Tennessee and, and reestablish the, the connection that he's felt to them for so long. So I, I think Tennessee's done a nice job there the past few days of, of, of kind of thwarting the momentum a little bit and, and kind of uh, pushing back uh, against what, what Kentucky started to build last weekend, but certainly Kentucky, they had him on campus twice since his last visit to Tennessee at the end of May. Um, so they, they've done a nice job there this month and made things interesting. We know he's important to Kentucky, certainly one of their top in state targets. Yeah. We knew they weren't going to go down without a fight. It just looked for a while like Tennessee was, was kind of coasting and in good shape there. And then as, as so often it happens in recruiting, when, when you're a priority to someone, things can change, and they, they put on a good show during those official visits, and, and next thing you know, he's, he's really feeling Kentucky. So uh, I, I, think, I think now, though, again, it's, it's a little more of a battle, and Tennessee's done a nice job there uh, coming off that visit last weekend. The, the other guys, just very briefly, that the, and these are all important targets. We could go in-depth on all of them, but um, you know, the, they're, they're certainly uh, guys that Tennessee wants, and there's a reason they're getting them on official visits this weekend because it is kind of that final weekend before – things shut down. There's a dead period for recruiting starting Monday. So it's no coincidence. Tennessee had, has had it set for a while for these guys to take their official visits this weekend, right before the dead period to get that final impression before maybe some of these guys make decisions. Nathan Leacock, a wide receiver from Raleigh, North Carolina, NC state in North Carolina, probably among the main competition there, Michigan and others also involved, but Tennessee's done a nice job there. Really impressed him back in April. 
So a big visit this weekend as he looks to make a summer decision. John Slaughter, safety from South Haven, Mississippi, just outside of Memphis. That one's been kind of trending Tennessee's way for a while now. Love but certainly, that kid as a prospect. Love that kid as a prospect. Yeah, but but certainly a, an important visit for Tennessee this weekend to 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 try to try to push that one across the finish line. You know, he's talked about different timelines uh, in, in recent weeks, but uh, you know, mentioned July fourth or somewhere around there as a possibility. But I, I think there's a chance that one, uh, you know, it, it could could happen even sooner than that. So we'll we'll see if Tennessee can kind of get that one across the finish line. Uh, this weekend or, or sometime soon. And this weekend, certainly a big opportunity for that. Jeremiah T. Lander, the linebacker from Gainesville, Georgia, a guy Tennessee offered, a, gave him his very first offer, actually, after seeing him at their first camp last year. And his recruitment's taken off pretty well since then. Still not the highest-ranked linebacker target on Tennessee's board, but a guy Tennessee has seen multiple times in person. Saw him a couple times during the spring evaluation period. They really like him. More than 25 offers. The, the main competition right now, Louisville and North Carolina, uh, Florida was also in the mix at one point, but sounds like they've kind of uh, gone to the back burner a little bit for now. Uh, and if he follows through on making a summer decision, I think it's going to come down to Tennessee, Louisville, and North Carolina. He's already been on officials to those two schools, and now Tennessee gets the last visit. And then Tyree Weathersby, uh, a defensive lineman from New, New Manchester High School down in Douglasville, Georgia, uh, a guy that's probably not been talked about enough on, on Tennessee's defensive line board and, and someone Tennessee likes quite a bit. So this is an important visit. It's his first official visit. He went to South Carolina last week for a camp, got an offer there, went to a camp at Alabama, has not gotten an offer from Alabama yet, and that's obviously good news there for Tennessee. Anytime you can avoid that Alabama offer, throwing a wrench into things potentially. Yeah. Uh, Alabama had shown some serious interest there, so that was at least some, uh, some concern for Tennessee. So now that no, no Alabama offer yet at least, um, that, is, uh, that is shaping up pretty well for Tennessee. He's another guy that I think will will probably make a summer decision. That's maybe not set in stone yet, but I, I think looking like that's a real possibility. And uh, in Tennessee, in good shape going into that official visit, but needs to impress him this weekend. So uh, th- those are the 13 official visitors, and, and we'll, we'll kind of dive into a couple more of those in a second, but all of them important for different reasons, and, and obviously the two Tennessee commitments uh, in town trying to help recruit some of those other 11 guys to, to join them in Knoxville, some of them they already have pretty good relationships with. Others they'll be trying to connect with a little bit more, but you know some important, high-priority targets in, in town this weekend for Tennessee. Ryan, quickly, before we go to break, what about uh, that camp Sunday? I mean, we know those camps can be such a big deal. Um, any, any, anything to, to add about that? Because we know that you know even Tennessee's most recent commitment is a young man, the running back from, from Las Vegas, who kind of came, you know, flew across the country to, to go participate in Tennessee camp because and, and, he wanted the offer and he got it. So, I mean, what, what, what about the camp Sunday for Tennessee? Yeah, uh, you know, again, don't know a lot of specifics yet on, on guys who will be there, but I do know that Tennessee is uh, ex- ex- expecting a pretty good turnout there. And I think the fact that it's a Sunday camp is helping with the turnout. You know, I think they've had some pretty good luck uh, with their Sunday camps this summer. The, the one back on June 12 had a pretty strong showing. That's where they offered David Hobbs, a four-star defensive lineman from North Carolina that they've been involved with for, for quite some time. And uh, and now have more competition for him, but they're they're in the mix there, and look like they might get an official visit this fall. Um, so that is uh, that that is you know a, a sign of maybe what to expect this weekend. The fact that they were able to get so many guys in at that camp on the twelfth, I think this weekend expected to be just as big, if not bigger, in terms of quality players. Um, so you know, camps these days are are more about rising juniors and rising sophomores, things like that. Younger players who are who are looking to get offers and wh- whose recruitments are still taking off. 
it's more about those, but I think there will be some quality guys in this weekend. And certainly we mentioned, you know, Jacoby Lane as someone to watch. Uh, we know Kason uh, uh, Shepard, uh, an offensive lineman from, uh, from West Tennessee that got an offer from Tennessee earlier this month. He will be in uh, taking his first look at the balls uh, and, and camping uh, on Sunday. And then uh, some, some talk, at least. I know Miles Graham is a highly ranked linebacker from Georgia, son of former Florida running back Ernest Graham, uh, who is, has been at Tennessee a few times already this year. He's planning to be back this Sunday. Uh, and then also uh, another guy who's mentioned maybe coming, we'll, we'll see if he makes it, but Boo Carter, the in-state uh, athlete from down in Chattanooga, uh, a Tennessee target for more than a year now. Uh, he's, he's talked about being in this weekend, so we'll see which guys like that end up making it to Sunday's camp. But uh, in addition to that, an important unofficial visitor that we're not sure I, he hasn't specified yet if he's going to be at camp uh, or whether he's just visiting this weekend, but certainly not the type of guy you often see camping so he might not be camping, might just be visiting. But uh, Jonathan Eccles, a five-star edge rusher from IMG Academy down in Florida. Tennessee's had a lot of luck lately getting guys from IMG Academy on campus. They've had a pretty good summer with that. Um, Francis Mauingoa, obviously Carnell Tate, even though that didn't go uh, Tennessee's way. Um, Samuel Mpemba, the five-star edge rusher in the 2023 class. And then a couple of big-time guys in the 24 class. Uh, the running back who visited recently, another five-star, Jarrett Gibson. And now adding Jonathan Eccles to that list. So Tennessee's done a good job at recruiting IMG. Always a lot of competition for those players, but getting a visit, uh, a big deal there. He's originally from Georgia. So Jonathan Eccles in the 2024 class, but still a big time talent that will be on campus this weekend. So that's just a sampling. I'm sure there'll be plenty more names, a lot more to report on Go Balls 24-7 throughout the weekend. But it's a it's a big weekend, as you can tell, between the camp and all the official visitors and, and the other unofficial visitors. It, it should be a pretty strong turnout, a lot of talent on campus and some guys that Tennessee is in pretty good shape with right now, but, but just, you know, in some big time battles for some others. And you know, who, who wouldn't like those Sunday camps though, is Grant Ramey who, who gets mad preacher Grant Ramey who gets mad at me when I even mow my yard on a Sunday, you know, every time I'm like, Hey, I'm going to mow the yard. He's like, it's Sunday. Don't do it on Sunday. Uh, but Tennessee's having camps on Sunday and uh, getting results out of it. So take that Ramey, take that. And on that note, uh, we will go to a quick break here. We are overdue for one. Uh, we got to get to some some bills, some products, services, in-house ads, et cetera. And then we'll be right back to talk more uh, globally, sort of uh, in this cycle, Tennessee recruiting, where things are now, where they need to go, et cetera. That's uh, a very complex topic that we will try to, to, uh, to get down into a more uh, digestible portion. So we'll, we'll get to that here as soon as we get this break out of the way. Hashtag ad eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center. We are talking primarily Tennessee football recruiting in this episode. There's lots and lots to discuss. It's a big time of the year, as Ryan likes to say. June is the, the new January, so big, big weekend coming up for Tennessee. We talked about that a lot in the first segment. But we want to talk a little more globally here in the second segment. Just sort of take a take a – just, just take a quick note of where things are, how they've gotten to this point, where they need to go, uh, are things where they need to be, what's good, what's not, what's uncertain, yada, yada, yada. And we'll get to all that. But quickly, a uh, quick request from our end, guys. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Uh, that would help us out quite a bit. That's the best thing you could do that would help us out. Uh, you know, Whether you're on Apple Podcasts, you know, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this very GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. No complaints on our end, no complaints whatsoever. Um, but, and if you're just listening, just listening on the website, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what really helps us out is if you go in there, subscribe, rate, and review. That helps us add more wolves to the wolf pack, as we've done since we started this thing years ago. Uh, so please, please go do that. If you've already done that and you're doing it, thank you. We love you. If not, uh, go f*** yourself. That's the, that's the motto, uh, as some people may not love it. But, uh, but that's the motto. And that's how at least I feel personally, uh, you know, kind of ride or die with us. Ride or die. That's what we're looking for here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Ryan, where would you say overall to this point, as we're recording this and we're going to release it on, obviously, right now it's Thursday, June 23rd, uh, where are things for Tennessee in this class to get to this point uh, where the Vols are now, just what they've already gotten in the barn, uh, what they're what they've got looking at with some of these these other guys that, that that they're looking at the position they're in. Just sort of where would you sum up where Tennessee recruiting is right now in this cycle? Yeah, probably a good time to discuss this because I think there, there's been a lot of hand wringing this week over over a couple of losses that, that Tennessee's had. Obviously, Carnell Tate, the first one, uh, and then and then I think a, a little bit of surprise over over Tamarian Parker. Uh, the four-star defensive lineman from Alabama. He's a guy that named Tennessee his leader uh, just a few weeks ago when he was in town in late May, then went to Florida the week after that. It sounded like it was a tight race with Florida. And and then, you know, very quickly goes to Penn State, and then suddenly he's committing to Penn State. So uh, there have been some shifts here lately that I know are, are concerning to some fans. You know, I'll throw Malik Benson into that, into that category as well. He's an official visitor Tennessee hosted a few weeks ago a top junior college prospect in the country, a four-star wide receiver, and, you know, names Tennessee as leader, but then he goes to Georgia and Alabama on his final two official visits. And uh, in those visits, it sounds like have essentially 
knock Tennessee out of contention. You know, I, I think that one's going to come down to Alabama and, and Georgia in the end. And and right now, all signs pointing to yeah, Alabama. That kind of sounds like Bama. Yeah. As as the favorite right now, so I, I think that's that's where that one's probably headed. He's announcing on July fifth. So there've been a, a few few pieces of bad news for Tennessee this week, um, but I think you know this, this kind of tends to happen every year, right? You know, this is what you know. Again, June being the new January, there's a lot of visits that happen, and with each of those visits, there's the potential for huge momentum swings. There often are, uh, and then you know July is kind of become a, a big commitment month. You know, we've already seen plenty of activity in June on that front too you know, Arch Manning committing to Texas, you know, some big stories nationally in, in addition to what Tennessee's landed, but, you know, some other other schools that have had good months. So there, there's some activity this month and even more in July. And so that means this is the stretch run for a lot of guys. And that leads to schools making big pushes, you know, in the NIL era. That leads, frankly, to a lot of, a lot of stuff happening and things can change on a dime when you're talking about NIL being a consideration for some of these guys. So it is, uh, it is, I understand that Tennessee's taken some losses and had some tough developments the past week, but overall 10 commitments already for the 2023 class. When you look at what's left on the board, what's still real, very realistic and where they're in good shape with, with some guys, I think they're still in a good spot. I think, I think there, it's probably fair to say that some of the, some of the excitement, some of the, the expectation for this class probably did get a little carried away at one point. Well, I, think I mean, there was when, a, when you add a guy like Nico early on, that's yeah, gonna, that's going to do that. Well, it, it it led to that, but I think there was legitimate momentum that Tennessee had in the spring. And remember, you know, again, April and May are not June and July. April and May is not when teams have to make their final push. So Tennessee looked like it was in good shape with some guys like Carnell Tate. Uh, at one time, they were in good shape with Kyler Casper, and then you know Oregon makes a late push and and, and turns that one around. You know, there have been some other situations where Tennessee looked like it was in good shape with some guys this spring, you know, even in late May. But, but again, those official visits are so important. Those, those late visits can change things. Carnell Tate, obviously was just a guy that, you know, was looking to make a summer decision. And, you know, as he got down the home stretch, Ohio state clearly made a move there. So, so things just keep changing in recruiting. So they, no question they were in good shape with some guys, but I think some people maybe underestimated, uh, the challenges Tennessee still is is going to face, and and frankly, the realities of this of this NIL world that we are in now. I think some people have had the the belief, and, and it's a little bit misguided at, at this point, I would say. But the belief that Tennessee is kind of the I I, I, I kind of say the big stack bully at the at the poker table. You know, they're they're that they're just kind of pushing everybody around with the with the biggest paycheck or the biggest checkbook, and that's not really the case right now. I think the NIL stuff is really uh, leveled out quite a bit across the country in recent months. Uh, you've seen schools really catching up quickly on that front. You know, you, you got Ryan Day at Ohio State making a public appeal to say, hey, we need $13 million a year for this stuff. And, uh, you know, there, there's there's clearly been a concerted effort from a lot of schools to catch up on that front. So whatever early advantage Tennessee might have had is essentially gone at this point. Um, not to say that they. I wonder. I wonder if if it becoming so public for Tennessee ended up being a good thing for the short term, but for the long term, it kind of helps some other people catch up quicker. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, I well, might be. I might be. I might be totally wrong there. I just, I just wonder because it became because everyone started talking about it with Tennessee, and that's when I think a lot of people are like, "Oh God, we need to catch up." 
Well, and Tennessee wasn't the only program. You know, there's been a lot of talk about yeah. Miami. You know, here Miami, recently, I heard, Miami, A&M, Texas. Yeah, obviously, Texas A&M was one that, that drew a lot of attention last year uh, with its 2022 class. So I think there there've been some other schools that have done a good job with it. But yeah, for for a minute there, Tennessee was was uh, one of the poster poster children for it, and and had had a a good run uh, of momentum after the after landing Nico Iamaliava. But it's just, and it's again, it's not to say that Tennessee's not doing well in NIL. I think they are. Um, you know, still, still plenty of room to improve there, and a long way to go for that matter for Spire, the Spire Sports Group, to meet its goal of, you know, twenty-five million dollars of revenue a year. Like people, people, I think heard that number and thought Tennessee's in great shape. They're, they've got to just stack some money ready to to hand it out, and they're going to be one of the teams to beat on on this stuff. I don't think that's the case. I think Tennessee's still got some work to do there, and it's uh, it's one of those deals where, you know, they they've been competitive certainly, but it's it's more of a competition now. It's just where it is, and and others other programs have a lot of powerful donors and and, and a lot of passion in their fan bases too, and and you're not going to win anybody without a fight uh, who, who's a good player. So that's that's the bottom line is that it's, it's a more competitive landscape now, and and Tennessee has had to deal with that, and so. Uh, so I think there's been some hand wringing lately about that, but I think anybody jumping off, uh, looking to jump off a bridge right now over where things are is also getting way carried away. I think Tennessee is in good shape. We kind of touched on it in the first segment with all the guys visiting this weekend. They're in position to have a real chance of closing on a lot of guys uh, that they've got a, at least a very realistic shot at. And in some cases I'd say they're the team to beat or one of the two favorites for so hang with it. I think you're going to see that the month of July will still go pretty well for Tennessee. They're maybe not going to get everybody that you thought they were going to in the beginning, but that doesn't mean the sky is falling. And, and again, this has been a long-term rebuild from the start for Tennessee. One recruiting class was never going to turn this around uh, instantly. One class can yeah, be the catalyst never, for it, never but one does, was never going to fix it. Yeah, it never does the football. Football, it's yeah. we've seen time and time again that with very few exceptions, you need to stack about three classes back to back to back before you really start to replenish your program. Really? Yeah. And, and the, and the Carnell Tate thing is I think a reminder, you know, how, how that one's gone, how, how Malik Benson's uh, stretch run has gone in his recruitment, I think is a reminder that Tennessee for all it's done well, for all it, for all the momentum it's had at times this year and still has, I would say, it's still not at a point where it can go head to head with Ohio State and Alabama and some of those types of programs and claim to have significant advantages in some of the areas that matter most to top prospects, which is getting guys to the NFL and competing for championships. And I think getting guys to the NFL and producing early draft picks is at the top of the list. Tennessee's got to keep progressing in that area. Getting six guys drafted this year, a nice step in the right direction for Tennessee. Now they got to keep doing it. Now they got to get guys. You need Darnell Wright to be drafted early next year. You know, you need things like that to keep happening. You need, when you have opportunities to have early round draft picks, you've got to capitalize on them because guys want to see examples that they can follow in their footsteps and have clear success at that school or that that's believe that that school is increasing their odds of getting to the NFL and getting a big paycheck. Cause that's the ultimate goal for most of these big time prospects. So it's not just NIL. It's not just development. It's not just a good scheme. It's not just winning games. It's, it's, it's all of that stuff. And then most importantly, in most of these cases, it's how can they get to the NFL and achieve their dreams? Because that's mostly the end result for these guys. So uh, that they have in mind. So, so Tennessee, it's a reminder that Tennessee's got, got a ways to go in, in those areas. 
Um, but they've done a great job, and they're still going to continue to be in the thick of it for some of these guys. They're going to win their fair share of these battles, I think. So if you're thinking the sky is falling, that, that's definitely not the case, and I think Tennessee is still going to have a good class. It's just those, those expectations of, hey, can Tennessee sign a top-five class? You know, I think some of that stuff got carried away a little bit, and I think this is a reminder that you know, you're not going to win all of those, certainly, especially where Tennessee's been the past decade. Yeah, I maintain, and I am adamant about this. Like, if I'm wrong, I'm going to be way wrong on it because I very, very firmly believe this. When you take a snapshot of the past 15 years and you look at everything, not and not the current staff, just, just generally speaking, everything Tennessee football has done wrong, it's been a calamitous you know, 12 to 14 year stretch for Tennessee, more than more so than it hasn't. And I maintain that the way Tennessee has been able to recruit through all of that is remarkable. I think it speaks to the power of and the potential of the program that year after year, uh, despite varying, you know, disasters and, and maybe not disaster. That's that's a strong word in the world these days. Uh some problematic periods, uh, some really bad years, some some really bad decisions. Tennessee being able to recruit the way that it has, Tennessee is consistently the past dozen plus years recruited at a much higher level than it has actually produced on the field. And, and, and that to me speaks to the power of the brand. So Tennessee is always going to, uh, it may not, maybe not always, Tennessee is still very much in a position where it can recruit with just about anyone. There's that top tier that's just really hard to beat on a consistent basis right now, and you're not going to beat them consistently until you start beating them on the field. But Tennessee has consistently been able to recruit better than the results have been on the field, and I think that speaks very, very strongly to the caliber of the program. It does, and and, and the fact that when you get kids on campus, Tennessee still has a ton to sell and puts on a great show most sec schools do but tennessee has better facilities than most uh you know all all that stuff doesn't win recruiting battles most of the time these days that's the important thing to keep in mind it's not about it you know the fancy buildings and all that stuff it helps and tennessee's upgrade to anderson training center and all that stuff it's going to wow people but and and the 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 neyland stadium renovations all that stuff is nice and that was that was the way that you sometimes won recruiting battles 15 20 years ago I couldn't tell you the last time I heard a kid start with the facilities when he talked yeah, about why he I, I Tennessee. I, it, it's a front door. It's a front door. Like yeah. it, it gets your attention. It gets you exactly. in the battle, but then you got to go close. But I, I'm just saying, like generally speaking, Ryan, I think when you look at the results on the field from the past, you know, this this almost generation now, um, and, and you look at the way Tennessee still on an annual basis, how it's able to recruit through all the coaching changes, even yep. even like. Being, you know, even being in consideration for a top ten class right now with the way Tennessee, you know, has performed in recent years, that's crazy. But Tennessee is one of the few places that can do that. Absolutely, and and, and look, the SEC, frankly, is a big part of that. Like just being in the SEC and, and giving kids a chance to to compete at the highest level is a is a huge part of why they're able to still have that kind of appeal. So I, I think that's that can't be overstated. And, and yeah, they've still got some tradition to sell and things like that. I know, I know fans want to think that's a, a big factor. It helps. It gives you a chance to do that. And that's why Tennessee stays in there, but it's not a, uh, it's not the end all be all. And again, I, I, I think this is the thing to keep in mind. This is a marathon. I know the end goal is to chase down Alabama and Georgia and Ohio state. I get that, but you're probably not doing that anytime soon. It's going to take some time. 
what you've got to do first is, and I've, I've continued to say this, you've got to first establish that you're clearly ahead of South Carolina and Missouri and really Kentucky, I would put in that group too, in the pecking order in the SEC. Kentucky's been right there neck and neck with Tennessee in recent years. They've, battled, they've had some fierce recruiting battles in recent years, have one right now with Christian Conyer. You've got to you've got to start getting Kentucky in your rearview mirror somehow. That's that's the first step. Yes. Then a, a very big important step is to get is to and with respect to Kentucky, who I think the program's done a great job. Mark Stoops and his staff have made that program relevant. Kudos to them. They they that's a hard job and they've done it well. Um, but if you're if you're Tennessee, you want Kentucky back in its place as soon as possible. Absolutely, and you and you've got to get if you can get that accomplished. You know, then historically, we'll see where they are in a few years. We'll see if this new coaching staff at Florida is able to accomplish it. But then you got to take down Florida. They haven't beaten Florida on the field much at all in the past 17 years. So you got to yeah. you got to start doing that, and you've got to start finishing ahead of them in the standings. Get up to number two. Get up to the number two spot in the SEC East, and then you can worry about taking down Georgia, and which which also in turn gives you a chance to take down Alabama. But that's a multiple-step process to me. And, and, and the bottom line is, when you look at Tennessee's class last year, which I know was in the top 15 on early signing day, finished outside the top 15 by the time some post-signing day additions were made, but you know, got to the top 15 on early signing day, I kind of made this point at the time. When I looked at it, when you look at the numbers, the number of five stars, number of four stars, all those things in some of the classes outside the top 10, those classes looked a little watered down. And I think there's a reason for that. The number 15 class these days is not as strong as the number 15 class was five or 10 years ago. And I think it's because Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas A&M, those types of programs that are at the top or that this past class were at the top are the ones that are they're They're getting such a large share of the elite players that there's less to go around than there ever has been. Yeah, they, they've, been, the, they've been a bit gluttonous, you could say. Yes, and so that that makes the job harder for Tennessee tracking down those teams. So it's, I know everyone wants to say that that's the goal, but that's the reality. It's going to take some time to track down those programs. So keep in mind that this is a gradual build. You got to have some patience, and you got to start. You know, set your sights on Kentucky and then Florida first. Those are the first two teams to worry about, and then you start trying to take down Goliath essentially because that's what you're up against if you're Tennessee. You're in the SEC. Georgia and Alabama are the teams competing for national championships right now, and they've got a huge head start on everybody else because of how much talent they're stockpiling on a yearly basis. You know, having a good quarterback and a good offense gives you a chance to pull some upsets every once in a while, no question. I don't know that it gives you a chance to take down those types of programs uh, in a meaningful way until you start to build the, the talent around everything else you know you can't just go go score a lot of points and win a national championship you got to have the defensive line the pass rush the offensive line everything else around it so it it's going to take time they're on the right track though they're recruiting better nil helps and levels the playing field gives you a little bit more of a chance but you're not going to win them all and this this happens every year it literally does every single year tennessee has some losses in the summer has a lot of losses frankly because you're taking your big swings nobody's really made commitments up to that point or very few kids have and now as guys start to fall off the board, people start to pull their hair out. And there's no reason for that yet. Tennessee's going to get its fair share, guys. And at the end of the day, they're going to be just fine. And I think still have a good chance at a top 10 class as things continue on this on this path they're on right now. Yeah, and, and, and as I said a minute ago, Tennessee having a top 10 class right now is would, – would, it, it, it's sort of – I don't want to say silly, but like it speaks to the power 
of the program that it's you know able to do that and and i think it's a credit to the fan base a credit to the people who have built the facilities over there uh a credit to the the former tennessee players who are in the nfl who always step up and help in a lot of different ways i there's a lot of things uh, that have to be in place for that to happen and they've been happening so that's that's a big deal ryan before we get out of here we're already a little probably a little bit longer than we wanted to go uh, which happens with us pretty consistently. But in terms of where Tennessee's class needs to go, like let's not maybe not talk about players so much as uh, positionally. With the spots Tennessee has left, what are some some positions that that things really need to be strengthened? Well, I, I, you know, just going into because I, 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 I know you want the best players overall, so so that's that's, sure. that's that's a given. But still, like in terms of just in an ideal world, positionally, where are they looking? Sure. Well, 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 just going into the final weekend of June and, and then the month of July, when we've talked about, you know, a lot of guys want to make decisions in July, you're going to have some big dominoes falling. So I think we're going to get some answers on some of these sooner rather than later in some cases. But, you know, the big positions I think you still got to address cornerback, you know, we, we, they've done pretty well at safety so far. A couple guys already in the class looking to add John Slaughter there at safety. But, you know, in the secondary, you still got some other needs. You've got to get some cornerbacks. Uh, to start kind of bringing along the talent level there and and bringing along the next generation of guys because you've got some veterans that are playing that position right now. Warren Burrell, uh, Kamal Haddon, uh, Brandon Turnage, the, the Alabama transfer. You, you've got some guys that have been around for, for some time at the college level. So uh, you need to bring in the next, the next group that's going to be your future starters. So, uh, you know, Christian Conyer and those types of guys, Ricky Gibson, who was in on official visit last weekend, important for Tennessee to win some of those battles because it has been so hard for Tennessee to get some of its top cornerback targets in recent years. And, and even when they get them, sometimes they've, they've, they've lost, uh, lost commitments from guys uh, when they've landed. It's just a tough spot because there's not many, I just say all the time, there's not many guys who are six foot or taller and who can run to go around. And, and sometimes you find them early and another big program comes in and steals them away from you. It's just, it's just tough to get them. So Tennessee's got to win some of those battles and close close on some of those guys at cornerback. Um, they've done a good job getting Caleb Herring already uh, at, at edge rusher. I wouldn't say this is necessarily the biggest need left on the board, but because there's an opportunity for Tennessee to get elite talent there, I would still say edge rusher is a big deal in this class because you've got a real opportunity to get five-star Sean Davian Bradley out of the Kansas City area. I think Tennessee still probably leads for him right now going into this weekend. He's taking an official visit to South Carolina this weekend. Texas A&M is where he went last weekend. And I think he's looking at, you know, maybe some, some, at some point this summer making a decision, July, August, whatever that might be. And Tennessee's positioned pretty well right now. So if you can close on a guy like that, combine him with Caleb Herring and then what they did in the 2022 class with Joshua Josephs and, uh, and James Pierce, that's some big time talent. You're starting to, to stockpile at a position that is a difference making position for a lot of programs. That's what starts to change a program because it gives you a chance to play really, really good defense. So that, that to me is a huge opportunity. Rico Walker, I would throw into that group as well. Another four-star edge rusher from North Carolina. That's going to be a longer battle, probably a fall decision for him, but get some of those guys. That's a big deal. Um, so I'd start there because cornerbacks and edge rushers define your defense. A lot of times these days, they need to get some linebackers. No question. They're in good shape with a couple there, but I think important to address that position. We've talked about that before. It's an area of frustration for fans. I get it. I think they're going to get some some players they like at that spot. Still need to maybe upgrade the star power a little bit, but I think they're getting guys and in position to get some guys that they feel pretty good about. So we'll see. Can they close on the Jeremiah T. Landers and Jalen Smith, those types of guys? 
And then who else can they get at that position if they land them? Uh, defensive line still a need. I, I've said for years they've got to upgrade the, the talent and improve the numbers there. Uh, Rodney Garner did a pretty good job there in the 2022 class, but still some work to do there in 2023. And, of course, everybody's favorite position to focus on right now, wide receiver after missing out on Carnell Tate. And it looks like things are not going their way with Malik Benson. Got to find some wide receivers in this class. They've got Nate Spillman out of, uh, out of Nashville at Lipscomb Academy. And that's it so far. Got to get some guys to go along with him, some guys for Nico Iamaliava to throw to. Um, I would throw it. I mean, again, since he's got needs across the board, I would throw offensive line in there too because you got some big names on the board. Francis Mauingoa, uh, obviously chief among them. But you know, wide receiver and offensive line are the big needs to me on, on offense right now and, and a lot of focus on who Tennessee might end up getting at wide receiver now that, now that a couple possibilities have, have started to fly off the board. I think Nathan Leacock has become very important to Tennessee. You know, that's a big visit for Tennessee this weekend. Can they land him out of North Carolina, beat out NC State and North Carolina for him? That would be a big win. I know that's, that's not the highest rated guy left on the board, but Tennessee likes him quite a bit. He's 6'3", 200 pounds, big framed guy that, that, that can run well. Um, Nico Iamaliava has been heavily involved in recruiting him. So battles like that, Tennessee's got to win because they've, they're, they're still looking for receivers and obviously have had a couple misses here recently. So I know I named like six positions and there's only a few others left on the field, but that's where Tennessee is. I mean, it's, it's that time of the year. you got 10 commitments, a lot of the class still to fill. I think they have a lot of needs still to address. And uh, again, the next month, I think, will tell us a lot about where this class is headed. And I think, I think Tennessee's class will look quite a bit different by the time we get to the end, end of July. Yeah, I always think like, just generally speaking, this is my final thought. I, I, it's not like Heupel and Golish and that offense is just so good that it can take a bunch of crap players and put up 40 points a game. So I'm not – you obviously need players on that side of the ball. A great quarterback obviously could take the program to the next level, and that's what they're hoping they get with, with Nico Iamaliava there. Certainly, uh, I mean, that's a given. But I always want to know – when it, what I think they're going to be pretty good on offense. I think they're going to be able to recruit some good players. I think they're going to be able to put points on the board. I always want to know, are you getting difference makers on defense? Because that, to me, it's not like Tennessee's going to have to – put up like five, six stops a game defensively in order to win games. Maybe half that amount would be good enough to win a lot of games. But Tennessee really does need some difference makers on defense because if you compare that with everything I think they're going to do, and I think most of us think they're going to do offensively, that's when you're you're really kind of in the in the spot you want to be, I think. Am I is that is that a crazy thought, Ryan? No, I, I think you're exactly right. I think that there is a lot of confidence that Josh Heupel and his his staff and his system are going to produce points on some level. You know, it might vary from one year to the next, just how good you are. You know, they're not going to have Hendon Hooker after this year, so still got to find a quarterback for the future, and, and, and you never know how that transition can go. So, they're, you know, you're going to have fluctuations, but most years they're going to put up some points. So, uh, yeah, people want to know, can this defense build on, you know, the modest success that they had last year? And I would say it was modest. Um, Tim Banks and his system, though, looked – promising at times i think the the simple sort of simplistic style they play where they make things a little bit easier for players to not have to think too much uh and just fly around and make plays they like to play aggressively i, I think that's going to work i think they're going to be able to play good uh good sound football out of that system and i think they showed that last year now it's just a matter of upgrading the talent to to be able to continue to do do better uh in in that area and and again to me it starts with the pass rush I think James Pierce and Josh shows us for a good start, but you know Caleb Herring, 
if you can get Sean Davian Bradley, guys like that, it continues to uh, it, it will continue to strengthen their defense if they can add players like that. So I, I start with that. Get guys who can get after the quarterback. They need some defensive linemen to go along with that. You know that Tamari Tamar- Parker was a loss for Tennessee, no question, because and that one's maybe not over yet. I could see that. I could see his recruitment still being open, but you need some guys like that on the defensive line in this class to go along with those edge rushers, and then. And then, obviously, you've got to cover well at corner. And so, the, to me, those are the two important positions. They've got some guys on the board that can help them there. Now, can you close on them? I, again, I think they're in good shape with, with, with Sean Davian Bradley. You know, it's a, it's a two-team battle probably with Ar- Arkansas for Ricky Gibson. It's a battle with Kentucky for Christian Conyer. Can you win those? Because th- those are important. Um, the, and those, those are not top 100 players. They're very attainable players because of the competition you're going against. Got to win some of those battles. So, so we'll see how Tennessee closes with them. Those are all guys looking to make summer decisions. Can Tennessee land them? I think those are very important. If they can, I think you can see you can see a path to Tennessee improving a little a little more quickly on defense because that would be upgrading the talent level to me at both of those positions. And that's to me, it's all about that getting to the quarterback and covering well at the corner position. Yeah, Ryan, I think this is something that that we probably, you know, we could do like an like an eight hour like serious like hardcore history style podcast on 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 recruiting and where things are and where they need to be. But I think in terms of taking a snapshot, I think we we've done a pretty solid job of that. You got anything else to add before we get out of here? Because I think I think we've covered most of what we needed. Yeah, again, just just buckle up for what should be a, a an entertaining month of July, one way or the other. There will there will be some losses, I'm sure, for Tennessee along the way. But they they are in position, I think, to have a good month. You know, they've got they're at their ten commitments right now. I, I I think that number could could climb above fifteen certainly by the end of July. Uh, we'll we'll see how high, but I think they are in position to land several guys by the end of July, and you know, we'll, we'll could potentially a good number. So uh, I, I think this weekend is important for Tennessee, and this next month will be uh, will will be very informative as it always is about where this class is going to ultimately finish and and just. You know how how, much, how many more elite players they're going to be able to add, but that it's uh, buckle up, stay tuned. Uh, a lot to watch in the next several weeks. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it, Ryan. Thanks, man. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. And there's the button. And now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24/7 podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss Anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists. We've got somebody there. We got people up at different hours of the day. We got all kinds, any time of day, anytime you go there, 
you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics, talking SEC stuff, talking pro sports, talking life, advice with kids, what to get spouses for their for anniversaries, uh, lawn maintenance. Oh, just You never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that seven-day that seven free trial, after that, you get us that, that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get GoVoss 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that for free in perpetuity. You also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done commercial free. Tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies. You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids. All of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it, right there, something for the entire family, and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports, uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour, you get everything on there, and we, you get all of that, and our site, all of it, for just about 100 bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you.